Today on Locked On Dolphins, an exploration into which AFC East free agents would most hurt the Dolphins' rivals if the Dolphins could double dip and sign them for themselves. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. The Locked On Network, we don't just say it, we live it here on Locked On. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-founder of the draftnetwork.com, and ready to talk about free agent dynamics within the AFC East give examples over the years signing players off the Dolphins within the AFC East to go play for New England or Buffalo or New York and vice versa. I'm exploring today on the show which ones of these players are the most potential impactful double dip free agent transactions that would hurt the opposition and simultaneously help the Dolphins a win-win. And conversely, which Dolphins scheduled free agents would be most harmful or painful to see go to one of these AFC East rivals as well? So with that in mind, we're going to dive right in here today on the show, Locked on Dolphins. You can find it on all podcast mediums, and you can also find it on YouTube to search us out and watch the show or listen but we are going to walk through the AFC East free agency landscape for double-dip opportunities. And we're going to start with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills finished in first place in the AFC East in 2022, so they get dibs. We're going to dig through their team first. So let's start by acknowledging what established free agents are on the market. Here's the entire list of expiring contracts for the Buffalo Bills that are not under contract in 2023. Jordan Poyer, safety. Roger Saffold, guard. Jordan Phillips, interior defensive lineman. Quarterback, Case Keenum. Linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds. Tyler Matakevich, linebacker. Wide receiver, Jamison Crowder. Offensive lineman, David Questenberry. Punter, Sam Martin. Running back, Taiwan Jones. Offensive lineman, Greg Van Roten. Offensive tackle, Bobby Hart. Offensive lineman, Ike Botker. Edge defender, Shaq Lawson. Linebacker, A.J. Klein. Wide receiver, Cole Beasley. Safety, Dean Marlowe, wide receiver, Jay Kumro, running back, Devin Singletary, linebacker, Tyrell Dodson, cornerbacks, Cameron Lewis and Dane Jackson, safety, Jaquan Johnson and tight end, Tommy Sweeney. So if you look at this list, there are a number of restricted free agents that we are operating under the assumption will be tendered and returned to the team. They include linebacker, Tyrell Dodson cornerback Cameron Lewis, and cornerback Dane Jackson. Those guys, you can pretty much X them off. Uh, unlikely that the Dolphins are going to get a crack at any of those players. Now, if you look at snaps played, the player who played the most snaps for the Bills last year out of these expiring contracts was guard Roger Saffold. And I'm going to use air quotes here. Pro Bowl selection for this year. Uh, and I'm using air quotes to say Pro Bowl. 
uh, because Roger Saffold did not play to the standard that many have come to expect for Roger Saffold for a very long time. He's been a, a quality starter for quite some time, but he was not a quality starter for the Bills last year. Do not expect him as a 35-year-old guard, played 98% of the snaps for the Bills. Over $6 million was his, his uh, value last year for the team. Don't expect to see him get a return opportunity for the Bills. But at his age, with his development as a player, with, with his um, trend lines, this is not a candidate that I would name for the Dolphins to hurt the Bills with a free agent sign. The obvious two candidates are their two big money players, Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker and safety Jordan Poyer. Now, there's some elements at play here that are very fascinating as well. I think there's an argument to be made about Sam Martin, the punter, if the Dolphins opt not to bring back Thomas Morstead, which would break my heart. But it's not done until it's done. Uh, Sam Martin, quality punter, 33 years old. But for the Bills, I think you can narrow this list very quickly to Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Boyer, potentially Devin Singletary. I don't think he's a great fit for the Dolphins. And then you could ask the question, is Jordan Phillips as a penetration big body type, especially if the team is going to be playing light box counts for Vic Fangio in 2023? Is that a player that makes sense? He's an honorable mention. Really, this comes down to Jordan Poyer versus Tremaine Edmonds. And if you had to ask me my opinion, whose skill set is more difficult to replace, it's Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, so that would be the big money signing for the Dolphins if they want to go out and firmly attack, address, not just, not just address, but invest in a problem area that's been a problem area for several seasons. That player would be Tremaine Edmonds. And Tremaine Edmonds already lives in a world in which he plays in a quarters-based zone match defense and plays in light box counts. That's the world that the Buffalo Bills have played in with Leslie Frazier. It's going to be no foreign thing for the Dolphins or, or for Tremaine Edmonds to be playing in a nickel look where he's one of two linebackers on the field where it's him and Milano, a four-man front, and you got a nickel defender that's going to serve as your will linebacker. He's lived that. And here's the thing about Tremaine Edmonds that is really fascinating. He's only 25 years old. He just finished the last year of his rookie deal. He's been on the team since 2018. He was a first-round pick, a top-20 selection in 2018 as a 20-year-old. His development has been for Buffalo. If you want to hit the Bills between eyes and hurt their defense and simultaneously help your own, for my money, it's Tremaine Edmonds is the player that you would want to sign. Jordan Poyer, that loss would hurt. But Jordan Poyer is a player who, uh, at 32 years old, the Bills are going to ask themselves the question of how much are we going to offer Jordan Poyer on the market. Uh, I think Poyer is probably the more realistic option to land in Miami when it's all said and done. I can't imagine that Buffalo, uh, because they will have some cap fluidity, um, would voluntarily let Edmonds as the long-term staple piece uh, walk out the door. Now, they've already paid Matt Milano, so that may be a world for them where they're more interested in having a balanced team and they don't want to invest too much in linebackers. And if that's the case, then if I'm the Dolphins, I'm thinking really hard because that, that's, that's a resolution to that spot on the depth chart that you're not going to find a lot of other equal caliber candidates to fill. 
Tremaine Edmonds is, is generally unparalleled as a, an amazing option for the Dolphins. And the Bills ask a lot of Tremaine Edmonds. There's, there's times where Tremaine Edmonds is, looks like he's out of position. Uh, but in reality, the Bills ask so much of him with his length and his athleticism and his range that he's being asked to do things that the vast majority of NFL linebackers, other than the upper quartile, to borrow the saying from Jim Ursay, are asked to do. He's physically capable of it and capable of doing those things. So for my money, if Miami were to poach a free agent off, off Buffalo, means all those points is, is going to line up for the Dolphins. But that would be the player that would most move the needle to help your team and hurt theirs. Now, what's interesting, too, is OverTheCap.com has a valuation for Tremaine Edmonds that puts him just over $10 million per season uh, on his new contract. If that's the strike zone, I might pull the trigger. I don't. I, I think he'll get more than that. I would expect he gets almost 50% more than that. I'd expect him to be in that $15 million, $16 million strike zone, in which case uh, that's a tough sell for Miami with their salary cap situation and the, the, the dollars that they have invested elsewhere across the defense, in the secondary, uh, what they will have up front with, with Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins. But uh, that's the home run choice in my mind. If you're going to poach one player off the bills, that would be the one that you'd be most dialed in on to hit a home run if you were placing your bets. Speaking of placing your bets, very excited about our new sports betting partner here on the Locked On Network. It's the midway point of the NBA season. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't hit. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and everything in between. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same game parlays. Don't miss the chance for your no sweat first bet and $1,000 in bonus bets if you miss. Go to fanduel.com backslash locked on. That's fanduel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the MB. Let's talk about this. And the New England Patriots have some interesting candidates. I'll give you the full list of names. Um, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, safety Devin McCourty, cornerback Jonathan Jones, wide receiver Jacoby Myers, offensive tackle Isaiah Wynn, safety Cody Davis, safety Jabril Peppers, tackle Marcus Cannon, cornerback Joan Williams, defensive lineman Carl Davis, punter Michael Pollardi, linebacker Raquan McMillan, long snapper Joe Cardona, offensive lineman Connor McDermott and James Ference, cornerback Tay Hayes, running back Damian Harris, tackle Yanni Kajust, cornerback Miles Bryant, linebacker Mac Wilson, and offensive lineman LeBron Ray. A couple restricted free agents will operate under the same understanding that these players are, are not touchable for Miami and that the team will, will tender them as restricted free agents and bring them back. That is Miles Bryant and Yadi Kajust. Uh, they have a couple of street free agents uh, who were signed off the street. Uh, LeBron Ray, Tay Hayes. Uh, the, these are unrestricted free agents with players that, that were not carried off a team prior to signing. And what stands out to me the most about this expiring contract's 
list for the Patriots. Aguilar, 30. Cordy, 36. Jones, 30. Cody Davis, 34. Marcus Cannon, 35. Carl Davis, 31. Michael Pilardi, 31. Joe Cardona, 31. Connor McDermott, 31. James Ferentz, 34. There's a lot of older players here. And if I were to ask what signing would most hurt the team, it's a tough question because most of these players feel sufficiently phased out or not impactful players. You know, when your strike zone of impactful expiring contracts includes um, Michael Pilardi and Raekwon McMillan, I think it, it tells you quite a bit, doesn't it? Uh, it's the state of affairs for the Patriots roster. They continue to get by, as we talked about earlier this week, with uh, discipline, hard-nosed football. Players that I think the Dolphins did, but not a lot of needle movers. I think Jabril Peppers is one that's interesting, but he only played 35% of the snaps last year. Jacoby Myers is their best player as an expiring contract, but he's 27 years old, and the Patriots, or the Dolphins, quite frankly, another receiver. The receiver is their best position group. Isaiah Wynn is an interesting candidate. He switched from left tackle over to right tackle. Former first-round pick. But he's 28 years old. Ability issues, and he only played 40% of the season. He couldn't stay healthy again. I think the best candidate is probably, and Damian Harris is a player who I'd be interested in the Dolphins signing to take the Jeff Wilson role within the offensive backfield. But quite frankly, Damian Harris was phased out by Ramondre Stevenson this past year from a New England standpoint anyway. It's no sweat off my back if I'm the Patriots and you signed Damian Harris. He's not a part of the plan. So that brings me to Jonathan Jones as the player who's probably the most impactful. He played 81% of the snaps last year. So on a reasonable deal. Now, the Patriots do have some young corners in Jack Jones and Marcus Jones. Marcus Jones is more of a special teams guy. But Jonathan Jones playing 81% of the snaps, and some of it's outside, some of it's inside. That's a player for me that if the price is right, and you can kind of get him in the, the 4 to $5 million range. And his last contract was $7 million per, so I don't know if that's true, but 30 is kind of that weird age for corners or most teams generally consider that they fall off a cliff. Jones is an interesting one. I think he's the most compelling case on this list to hurt the Patriots. But that is a position that the Patriots find themselves in. They're one of the few rare teams scheduled for the start of the league calendar year that's not going to have to move money around to have spending power to touch any player that they want in free agency. They, they're ready to spend. And they're not really losing players that they don't already have somebody else backfilled in that's just as good or potentially better. I think the wide receiver room with Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar, that's a, a, a group that uh, needs upgrading for sure if you're in New England, but that for this exercise of who would you sign and hurt them and help you simultaneously with a double dip, I, I don't think those wide receivers qualify for this. So I'll go ahead and, and pencil in tentatively Jonathan Jones as the player I think you can move the needle with the most. Now let's talk about the Jets. And then we'll finish today with the Dolphins and what players we would hate to see sign one of these other three teams. Firing contracts for the New York Jets. 
Offensive tackle, George Fant. Center, Connor McGovern. Interior defensive lineman, Sheldon Rankins. Quarterback, Joe Flacco. Offensive guard, Dan Feeney. Joiner, quarterback, Mike White. Defensive lineman, Solomon Thomas. Kicker, Greg Zerline. Guard, Nate Herbig. Defensive end, Vinny Curry. Linebacker, Quan Alexander. Offensive tackles, Mike Remmers and Cedric Ogwehi. Offensive guard, Lawrence Duvernay-Tardif. Defensive lineman, Nathan Guard, Adam Pankey. Defensive lineman, Isaiah Mack. Fullback, Nick Bowden. Wide receiver, Jeff Smith. Linebacker, Quincy Williams. Defensive end, Bryce Huck. Running backs, James Robinson and Ty Johnson. And safety, Marcel Harris. Featured free agents on this list for the Jets include Jeff, Bryce Huff, James Robinson. There's a number of players on this list that uh, played meaningful snaps for the Jets. Uh, Quincy Williams, linebacker, pops immediately, 27 years old. Dude can fly. He can absolutely fly. Uh, he's related to uh, Quinnen Williams, so there's an obvious connection there with the Jets. He was originally drafted by the Jaguars. Uh, Connor McGovern played 100% of the snaps at center. I don't think that's a candidate for the Dolphins. LaMarcus Joyner is an interesting one, but he's a little bit of a tweener. He's undersized. He's 33 at this point. He played 76% of the snaps for the Jets, so he's a meaningful player for them. Uh, linebacker Quan Alexander played about 50% of the snaps. Offensive tackle George Fant is an interesting name. He played about 50%. He got hurt. He's been an, uh, an adequate to quality starter for them over the last couple of seasons. Looking down through the rest of this list, uh, probably not. I'd be intrigued by James Robinson, but ultimately, at the end of the day, they have a pretty solid backfield, and they're going to be getting Brees Hall back from an injury, so I wouldn't qualify him here. I'm inclined to say Quincy Williams, uh, just because this is another zone-based defense that the Jets have run with Robert Sala coming from San Francisco. These zone-based defenses, second level with range and speed, and the Dolphins also desperately need that. Uh, so I think Quincy Williams is probably the player who is the best fit for Miami and what their needs are. He's young, he's 27 years old, and there's an intersection here between Quincy Williams, his strengths, what he did with the Jets, what he would do with the Dolphins in the same role, and knowing that you can get linebackers that can run, but can you get linebackers that can play all three downs with consistency. And that's the thing for me with Quincy Williams that I think would really hurt the Jets because case in point, Quan Alexander being one of the other ones, Mosley uh, in their position. And Quincy Williams continues to be a meaningful player. Now he had 74 solo tackles last year. He's a, a 28 game starter over the last two seasons. He's had over a hundred tackles in each of his two years with the New York Jets. Uh, he's, Played a lot of meaningful football, and as a linebacker, he's got a passer rating over the last two years of 79.9 and 91. He doesn't give up a lot. He's played 80% of the defensive snaps in each of the last two seasons for the New York Jets. That I mean, that that's pretty good performance from a guy who, who can run and get on the hoof and, and, and really cover a lot of ground. What's interesting is now you have two of the three teams AFC and you've identified a speedy, rangy linebacker who can play in space. 
and you foil that to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins had some of that with Duke Riley, but Duke Riley didn't get the snap volume uh, because he's more of a third-down skill set and a special teams guy. You have Jerome Baker, who I'm hopeful for taking a step forward to, to being a more impactful three-down linebacker, but he's the Dolphins, really, their only three-down linebacker. Getting a second player and taking some of that pressure off Jerome Baker, I think, would make Jerome Baker a, a better and more impactful player, and it make the Dolphins' defense more well-rounded. So I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, and, and maybe it's the bias in me that we've lived in a world in which the Dolphins haven't had those kinds of players with consistency over the last couple of years. But that to me feels like the most direct path for you to hurt the Jets is to sign Quincy Williams and agency. Now, up next on the show, we're going to talk about the Dolphins expiring free agents and where we'd hate to see them go to continue to maximize their potential and their ability to hurt the Dolphins. So... Let's dive in. Here are the Dolphins expiring free agents. Scheduled. You should know them well, uh, but we'll read through the full list. Brandon Shell, Elandon Roberts, Trent Sherfield, Raheem Mostert, Greg Little, Eric Rowe, Jeff Wilson, Mike Gusecki, Melvin Ingram, Duke Riley, Thomas Morstead, Andrew Van Ginkle, Nick Needham, John Jenkins, River Craycraft, Teddy Bridgewater, Justin Bethel, Elijah Campbell, Trey Flowers, Miles Gaskin, Justin Zimmer, Savon Achman, Clayton Fejdalum, Kendall Lamb, Sam Eguavon, Jerron Christian, Porter Guskin, John Lovett, Michael Dieter, Adam Shaheen, Eric Fisher. Okay, so you can eliminate a couple of restricted free agents, John Lovett, Expect he's back on the offseason roster. Savan Achman, you could expect he'll be back on the offseason roster. Elijah Campbell's an exclusive rights free agent, so you could go ahead and lock him in. It's a lot of names. It's a lot of names. But here's what I can tell you about this lot of names. The players who played more than 40% of the snaps for the Dolphins defense this year. Two, four, six, eight, ten, nine. Do math live on the show. That'll never go wrong. Brandon Shell, Elana Roberts, Trent Sherfield, Raheem Mostert, Greg Little, Eric Rowe, Jeff Wilson, Mike Gusecki, Melvin Ingram. And you have Duke Riley at 32%, Thomas Morstead at 31%, Andrew Van Ginkle at 29%. So if we're asking the question, what players could go play for a different team and hurt the Dolphins simultaneously, part of the qualifiers, you gotta play snaps, right? So I, I think about Mike Gusecki as a potential candidate. Where he would go. So the Jets signed two free agents, CJ. And then they also signed Tyler Conn, drafted a tight end out of Ohio State in the middle rounds of last year's draft. I don't think he's going to go there. The Bills, maybe. The Bills certainly need more complimentary receivers. Gabe. Davis is the number two wide receiver there. But they've got Dawson Knox, who's they give a big money contract to. I can't imagine they'll double down on a second tight end, especially one who, who effectively plays in space and is a wide receiver. And then... Could also side, but they have Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, and they've drafted... I, I don't know that Mike signs in the AFC East. And if he, even if he does... You kind of know what you're getting. You're getting a scene buster. So it, the fit would be Buffalo. The scheme fit that would be threatening to the Dolphins would be Buffalo. But I don't think he's going to sign with the Bills. 
Raheem Mostert. Um, the Bills have James Cook. They also traded for Naeem Hines. I think they probably need more of a size back, so Jeff Wilson's probably a more viable candidate to sign with the Bills to be their powerful back, and that would hurt. That would stink. Uh, I don't think Jeff Wilson necessarily, though, in, in his time with the team this year, fortified himself as this formidable force that the Dolphins should um, can still go. He would be one that I would hate to see signed somewhere else, uh, especially if he were to go to the New England Patriots or the New York Jets, especially the Jets with how well that defense played last year. That would be a candidate that I think would hurt uh, quite a bit. Thomas Morstead, for obvious reasons, uh, the Bills don't punt a lot, but you'd hate to have Morstead land with the Bills. Uh, the Jets do punt a lot. You'd hate, hate to get into a field position game with uh, Thomas Morstead if you're, you're playing him twice a year. Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert's the name on this list that's not a special. Most stressing place. And if he happened to go to a team, I don't think the Bills would go that way. But if, if you put Raheem Mostert's speed and pass-catching ability on the Bills' offense, that would I'd lose sleep at night over that. Uh, that, that could really be a problematic player, especially when you consider the Dolphins and their linebackers and their ability to match backs out of the backfield already. It's not great. So I'd say Raheem Mostert. Uh, is probably one. Thomas Morstead is one, and Melvin Ingram's one. I think there's three. Uh, Ingram, let's put Ingram on the Jets. We'll put Mostert on the Bills as being really harmful double dips by AFC East teams uh, and what they could potentially do to hurt the Dolphins and help themselves simultaneously as well. So you know, this podcast, it cuts both ways. We'll, we'll look at both sides of the coin here as we wrap this up and bring it to a close. This is the Wednesday February 22nd, 2023 episode of Locked On Dolphins. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the show. We are behind enemy lines all week long here on the show. So we hope you will come back and see us. Hit subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Thanks for checking out the show. Click subscribe, click the bell, get the notifications when we go live, all that jazz. And make sure you come back and see us again soon. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Appreciate you guys checking out Locked On Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Your team every day. Hope to see you all again tomorrow.